Hello and welcome to How Do You Drew? This is a Drew Barrymore podcast brought to you by thedrewseum.com. I'm Ashley. And I'm Anne. And we are recording a little early this week. We didn't plan ahead, basically. So Ashley's voice sounds the same yeah, as it right. did a few days ago. <laughs> and I'm kind of hoping, I'm like, I hope nothing major happens in the next like five days that we don't get to include in this episode. <laughs> yeah, so just so you know, we're like, I don't know, three days earlier than we normally record. Yeah. I well, if there's any much. if there's any breaking news... We're going to be editing it in. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right. So you want to go over oopsie daisies and follow-ups? Oh, sure. Yeah. So we've got a couple things from, we're always going to have something because we always want to be <laughs> clarifying. We always want to be making sure that we're trying to get all the info in that we can. Be accurate. Is, That's very yeah, important to me. <laughs> the funny thing is I feel like it's generally us catching ourselves. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're way um, more particular than I think most people would be. <laughs> you know what? I love it. <laughs> Speak, can I go off on a like totally random tangent? This is how yeah. annoyingly particular I am. So we were just looking at something before we went on air and I ended up on Mick G's production company's website. Yeah. And I go to the Charlie's Angels page for photos. There's like five that are from the second movie. I'm like, oh, no. so annoying and lazy. And then I go to Full Throttle. And one of the pictures is from Maxim. I'm like, come on. <laughs> no. Well, that reminds me when Rob Lowe was on Drew's podcast, he said, great movie. And he was referring to Charlie's Angels, but I wanted her to say, there are two of them. Yeah, we are picky. <laughs> Just get it right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Rob Lowe, there were two movies. Which one? <laughs> Hey, Rob. <laughs> Maybe he just went to McG's website and said, I guess there's just one. <laughs> and I guess the ne next second one was just a, a Maxim shoot. Cool. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so in the ongoing mystery of who has the guest subway poster, <laughs> which I'm We've sure has been, something. It's been riveting. <laughs> Uh, our friend Anita, who we have mentioned, she listened to the last episode and she said, wait, am I the one with the poster? <laughs> and she does have one. And she sent us um, some older pictures of it up in her house. And man, it's awesome. It's huge. Yep. I want. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to share um, a photo of that. I asked her if that would be okay. And she said, yes. Cool. So. And once again, um, Anita, that will have to be willed to the Jerusalem. <laughs> it or is now official. With a promise gift, as I said previously. You know, I, I haven't heard from Brian since you made that joke. I hope we didn't <laughs> offend him. <laughs> Did he block us like Tom Green? <laughs> okay. Gosh, actually, I think it was as you were editing. Yes. Yeah. As I was editing the podcast, I pictured in my mind um, a photograph of a cat in Interview Magazine from 1995 that was taken by Drew, a really cool article that's got a bunch of her personal photos. And I was actually picturing a different cat, like it wasn't actually what was in there. But turns out we discovered that there was another cat that we had totally like, not thought forgotten. about. Which you know, for two cat people, you think it would be a little more at the forefront of our brains, but nope. <laughs> so, okay. And I still haven't had the chance to go find where I got this name, but I have a recollection that this cat was named Vinny. Gosh, I hope that's right. Otherwise, I'm going to be coming back next week to correct myself. <laughs> but um, on the interview, the picture, there's a caption where she wrote, that's my baby. He's like a rabbit, cat, dog, and lamb all mixed up in one. <laughs> I just have to interject here that when I met Drew the first time, yes. I was crying and she called me, oh, little lamb. That's exactly what I thought of when I read that. <laughs> and I didn't think of it until right now when you reread it. <laughs> just, cool. Yeah. So I am her cat, Vinny. <laughs> well, you know, that almost somehow fits in with the other part of this where I was like, oh, <laughs> Duh, like there's this famous quote from her, yes. which gosh, we're gonna have to find the source of now because it's yeah, just one of those... I don't know exactly where it's from mm -hmm. either, but I'm pretty sure it's legit. Like, I feel like I remember actually oh. finding the source, and it sounds like her. Oh, yeah, <laughs> why did you read it? Okay, so the infamous quote 
is if I die before my cat, I want a little of my ashes put in his food so I can live inside him. <laughs> oh, true. Not not weird at all. <laughs> nope. I in mean... any in any way, shape, or form. We get it. We love kitties. <laughs> <laughs> and then you also remembered that there was a photo of her with Peach and Lucky when they were kittens. Mm-hmm. And when I found that, there was actually a third kitten named Fern. And I don't know what happened to her, but I feel like we should mention her. And then continue on that pet theme. The pet theme and Uh, the magic of our podcast theme. Yes. So we had mentioned that Drew had the pet issue of her magazine, but then also Douglas and Lucy on an episode of her show recently. (laughs) I don't even understand. I saw the clip, but I know I don't get it. They're in Dolly Parton's pet clothes. So does she have like a brand yeah i don't know i didn't research it i just that was all i needed (laughs) okay yeah so lucy has like a little cowboy hat with like curly blonde hair (laughs) i'm assuming we'll put pictures in the gallery so check them out um can you remind me what what didn't she call him dougie (laughs) oh i don't know maybe i was more just like what (laughs) yeah it was really cute like god what was doug what was douglas wearing like a little uh, cowboy outfit, kind of? Yeah, I'm not sure. It was a little confusing. <laughs> I didn't get a yeah, great it was, look. At- but it was very cute to see that they were clearly on set, that they were, like, really chill. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was super and cute. And then, as of this recording, which is today, which is the day after our other episode came out, she posts a video today, Douglas, Lucy, Lucky, and Peach all hanging out on her bed. I'm like, What? <laughs> It's just so weird how this keeps happening. It's so cute. It was so cute. <laughs> All right. I think that's about it for the follow-ups and oopsie daisies. Yep. Are you ready to move on to You've Got Mail? Sure. We got a special piece of mail this week. Yes, we did. Um, so this is from our friend Missy. And if you haven't caught us talking about her before, she started these really cool and unique and whimsical and just super special drew fan sites way back in the early to mid 90s and late Mm -hmm. 90s actually all the way through the 2000s what am I talking about and it was where we met was Mm -hmm. on one of her sites but we've definitely kind of always aspired to make the Drewsium sort of carry on the vibe of her sites because Mm -hmm. they they were just a special place and it wasn't like a copy paste looking like every other fan site out there absolutely <laughs> i think we did briefly mention that we realized after the fact that Drusium was a little name that she had used on a previous website oh yeah that we, that we must have remembered what i was gonna um, say is i'm pretty positive she coined the term drubies oh i'm pretty sure i could be wrong sounds like her <laughs> if somebody wants to message and say actually it was my idea but i think it came from her so that I can cool. hear her saying it like you know it yeah. sounds um, and I've been lucky enough to meet Missy in person which oh, yeah. was really incredible so years and years after we'd kind of not talked for a long time and then we met but hi Missy, hi, Missy. Um, oh also I just want to quickly I keep going off on sidetracks but um my husband Jason's friend was over the other night and uh Jason's telling him about the podcast and he asked me, is there like a name for Drew Barrymore fans? And I was like, yeah, we're Drewbies. And he's like, so do the Drewbies ever fight with the Beliebers? <laughs> what? And I was like, nope, we aren't like that. Like, We don't get into fights with other fandoms. Like, No, no there's there actually, I can't think of any kind of thing that would be like the anti-Drew. No, because um, she's accepting know, of everyone. Yeah, so that's so funny. Yeah, I'm sure he was just thinking of like, what's another fan name yeah. that he could think of? But that's exactly. really funny. That's really funny. We're like, there's room for all. We, we aren't yes. that kind of people. Yes. <laughs> all right. Anyway, let's hear what Missy had to say. <laughs> You've got mail. Okay, so Missy sent us a message and said, I keep meaning to let you guys know how much I loved the first app. I can't wait to sit down and listen to the others. I'm so impressed by and in love with what you two are doing. I love that your decades long Drew journey has led to this. It was so meant to be and the world absolutely needs it. Ah, love it. Thank you, Missy. And it was perfect what she said about that our Drew journey has led to this because that's how we feel. 
yeah definitely and I, we've been talking about it for a while like this feels like something we should do like this <laughs> and... we have so much content in our minds but also like yeah. our archive and our not just our collections like it's just so much other stuff what else are we gonna do <laughs> yeah we have the material we have the knowledge and it's a good thing because I feel like since we started this what like four random podcasts about Drew have come out <laughs> I'm glad we got here first, even though we're probably not being listened to as much. <laughs> Yet. Yet, exactly. We just need our big breaks to come. <laughs> yes. So what's new with Drew this week? Well, like I said, it's only been a few days since we recorded, so there's not much, <laughs> but there's a couple things. First of all, Drew's oldest daughter, Olive, celebrated her 10th birthday, which is wow. pretty wild, right? super wild. I think it feels like she was just pregnant with her. I did see that it looked like she had an 80s themed birthday cake. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know that. if she had like an 80s party. It's kind of funny because Drew turned 10 in 1985 and was like super 80s looking at her party. So oh, it's yeah. just like, wow, circle of life or something. <laughs> yeah. And then she got to go get her ears pierced, which and I believe this is right. I believe Steven Spielberg made Drew promise she had to wait till she was 10 to get her ears pierced. So that Aww. was um, the deal she had with Olive. So that was probably really special. That's so cute. I think I might have actually read recently. What was I looking at? Um, that Steven wasn't available to take Drew on her 10th birthday. So his girlfriend at the time, Amy Irving, I think is her name, ended up taking her. So uh -huh. yeah, so the, yeah, I just read that. Okay, so that's that's where that came from, which is really cute. Nice. Yeah. So did you watch Jeanette McCurdy on True's no. show? No, I did not. Okay, you need to sit down and watch it because it's really good. It's not, I wouldn't say it's more serious than her other interviews because there is still a lot of humor, but it's really unique. Do you know about Jeanette's book and like kind of her story? No, I actually don't know who she is. Okay, so she was on, I don't fully know that much about her either. But she was on a Nickelodeon show as a like child okay. and had a like pretty abusive, like emotionally abusive, horrible mother. And, okay. you know, also all the child star kind of trappings. Um, okay. So she wrote a book that's called, I'm Glad My Mom Died. And oh. yeah, and but there's like humor to it, but also like it's supposed to be a great read. Um, now that you're saying that I've heard of the book. Yeah, so, I'm sure you yeah. have. It's been kind of everywhere. I think she's like doing the rounds, press rounds. And she was like, like just a few minutes into the interview with Drew, she's like, can I just say like, this feels so different from any other interview I've done. Like my press persona is like going down. Like, I feel like we're connecting, like you understand. Aww. So it's really cool. So they talk about their moms and mm -hmm. without like, being super blatant and she's kind of vague drew asked her like do you think you have to wait until certain people die before you can tell your truth and uh she basically said like she hasn't shared her whole truth yet and then she kind of had a you know she always calls it an aha moment of yeah. realizing that she feels like she's actually trying to protect her mom like she doesn't want people to think badly about her mom Mm -hmm. but it's clear she has like stuff to say still which is pretty yeah. like I mean <laughs> there's not a great picture out there about the kind of mom shade was you know so, so I'm curious to hear what yeah, else there would be to think there could be worse it's just like aye, aye, aye. but um it was really cool to see them be able to relate about those things so it's a nice long it's like 20 minutes it's not it's uncut so Wow. I definitely suggest checking it out. It was really a special interview. Wow, that sounds really cool. Mm -hmm. And I love that um, she, that the that Jeanette was able to say, like, this feels really different. Yeah. And, like, grateful that she was able to kind of connect about this thing that sounds like it was really painful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure both it made both of them feel, like, less alone or, you know, connected to somebody who really understood what they were talking about. Yeah, I'm so interested to see if Drew ever reveals. I know. So go check it out. Maybe you can read between the lines in a different way than I did. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, and then, like I mentioned, so 
podcasts are just showing up about Drew all of a sudden, which is interesting because <laughs> I feel like there's been a very long lull in like new projects about her. Does that make sense? I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like there was a time when, <laughs> you know, like we talked about in 1998 where there was like 10 TV specials detailing her life that came out. Yes. But, like yes. that doesn't really happen anymore. So it's just so funny to me that like we start this podcast and then you know, that one uh, disgrace land I told you about came out and then Drew starts her own yep. podcast. And now um... we must have been feeling this ramping up, you know, of, of excitement. <laughs> like we've been excited about her, but like to feel maybe I don't know. Um, I feel like generally because I've been a podcast listener for quite a while. Yeah, me too. And Drew hasn't really been in the podcast world much. Like she's been like she's until now a bit. A couple times, but like it's very like few but lately it's more yeah oh yeah and it's great so it's it's it must just be like I said her kind of really embracing the medium yeah but this be. of course that doesn't really ex that doesn't explain this um <laughs> this podcast that if you want to introduce the yeah so um this podcast even the rich which I've heard of before I think it's quite popular they kind of talk about like famous family dynasties Anyway, so yesterday, the same day our pet episode came out, they came out with their new season. It's all about Drew. <laughs> it's called mm -hmm. Drew Barrymore Rewriting the Story. So it's going to be mm -hmm. four episodes. There's just the one out yet, unless I think you have like a Wondery subscription. You know, I was a little like, what? I can't believe this. So I had to listen to it. And the first episode actually mostly deals with the Barrymore family history. Okay. And it's very well done and really entertaining. It totally kind of made me go, how oh, cool. We don't have to cover this now because they, <laughs> they, went, they spent like an hour talking about all the history. Nice. So um, it almost would make a good companion piece to this episode because it's like oh. what takes place before what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So you could check that out. I mean, it is scripted, so it's a little more... I guess I would say it does a little more editorializing. Um, and there's okay. even like a disclaimer at the end about that. Like, you know, it's for narrative purposes. So when they are talking about like Drew, like they're kind of assuming she she felt this way and, you know, but it's still accurate enough, I guess. <laughs> um, I guess we'll see. Yeah. But and I'm, then, ex I'm excited to check it out. You should definitely. And I messaged one of the hosts. Um, her name is Brooke Sifrin. And she was super sweet, totally like enthusiastic about our podcast. She said cool. she would love to have us on as future guests if they do like, um, she said sometimes they do reruns where they bring in a new guest. So oh, if that cool. happens, that would be awesome. That would get us some That'd exposure. Be super cool. <laughs> yeah. And cool. that's about it. <laughs> We just want to give our listeners a heads up about discussions of domestic violence in this episode. So if that would be triggering for you at all, you might want to skip this one. So you mentioned that the Barrymore family coverage would be a good companion piece to our topic this week. So what's our topic this week? Well, we decided we wanted to talk about the early years of Drew's life right before E.T. came out. A few reasons. Um, number one, it's not something that's gone it, into too much depth a lot of times. You know, obviously there wasn't press about her at that time, so it's a little harder mm -hmm. to find information. And then another reason I really wanted to cover this is because I wanted to sort of change misconceptions that I've seen frequently online and like comments. Um, a lot of people seem to think because Drew came from this famous acting family that she was born into some sort of glamorous life, which like mm -hmm. couldn't be further from the truth. Like yep. single mom, abusive, absent father, like tiny little West Hollywood duplex, like mm -hmm. Uh, mom who worked constantly I mean we'll go into all the details we but will and and it's like she had the name but beyond yeah. that and like, those people I... had all been dead for decades before she was even born so yes. there's that I've also seen people who are like well she's Steven Spielberg's goddaughter of course she blah 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 it's like well no that's not really accurate <laughs> 
like he met her when she was six and saw that she desperately needed a parental figure and kind of stepped in in an honorary way. Like, it's not like she was born and they went and baptized her with Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not even a real official title. It's like an honorary one. Yeah. So it's just, you know, I just want to get the story straight for people. Yeah. It also That's really great. shows like, I mean, we, we aren't going to dig into like the struggles she experienced as like a preteen and a teen, but yep. she's come so far. And I think it's important that people know, like she wasn't just like a nepotism baby that was born and easily like landed in Hollywood. Like that's not, yep. that's not the story. Like basically like not at all. So <laughs> not at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, she, she, like I said, she did have the name and I'm sure there was name recognition at sure. some points, but it's still like, she still had to work and she still had, yeah, her own, um, what's the word charisma, mm, you know, definitely. to work with. So we'll start from the beginning from her birth. We won't talk about pre her birth very much, meaning like her parents, but we will talk about them a little bit. Sounds good. Okay. So Drew Blythe Barrymore was born at 11.51 a.m. on February 22nd, 1975 at the Brotman Medical Center in Culver City, California. And I guess she would have been named Drew no matter the gender. It was a family name. So I don't I think it was a first name a few generations back and then it was a middle name. It was her. Hold on. Her great grandmother's last name, Georgiana. Okay. Drew. But I only okay, I go. only pulled this from the top of my head so easily because I just listened to that podcast last night. Oh, nice. <laughs> and then Blythe was her great grandfather's true last name. His name was Herbert Blythe. And he changed okay. his name to Maurice Barrymore as like a stage name. So all okay. three of her names have family history. Love that. Which is cool. Let's briefly talk about her parents. Her mother, yeah. Ildico Jade Mako. She went by Jade. She was a struggling actress who also worked a lot of side jobs at places like the legendary Troubadour and um, I believe the comedy, Ooh, what's it called? Comedy the comedy store? store? Yeah. Yeah. It was the comedy store. <laughs> and then her father, John Drew Barrymore Jr. was, he'd also been an actor. It's just like kind of following in the family footsteps, but yep. his uh, life took a turn where that was, you know unsustainable <laughs> and just speaking of that my dad sent me um a picture of the tv the other day he was watching i'm not gonna be able to remember what it was right now but he recognized drew's father really yeah from um a tv show i can't remember at the moment but maybe we can clarify next week if we want were to were you surprised that he recognized him um kind of and i don't know why he recognized him he might have just been looking at the cast names because the sure. character was intriguing um, but I didn't know that that he I didn't I'm not really super familiar with his his filmography other than knowing that it's somewhat limited because yeah. he acted for a short amount of time. But I think he was a repeating character on the TV show. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I'll have to look it up. Jade had left Drew's father before Drew was even born, and that was due to his alcohol and drug use and abusive behavior. He was even violent with her during the pregnancy. So Ugh. let's just set the scene. This is not a great life that she was born into. The very strange mystery that we're going to quickly bring up here, we have found official document records, this is so weird, that show that Jade and John married um, in March 1981, which makes no sense at all. Yep. Drew was born in 1975, as we said. They were split apart before that. So it's anyone's guess as to why they would have gotten married six years later when he was totally out of their lives. The only thing I could think is there's some sort of legal financial I don't know some sort of reason it had to become official because I don't think that they'd been married before I think that they just like you know lived together and were a couple yeah. so that's all we can say about that it's a total mystery I think the veracity of these documents is accurate but why <laughs> we would love to know and it's also interesting to note that there are no official divorce records that we found true yeah 
It's very that, strange. Yeah, that we found. And we're looking on, you know, websites that would have like the records for divorces and marriages pretty accurately. Um, I was searching on Ancestry.com, but also like on Wikipedia it lists that he was married again to another actress. I don't know. I wasn't familiar with her. It was like Nina something, but in 1984. So even though we don't see a divorce record, if he was in fact married, I haven't looked that up either. Maybe yeah. I need to do a little bit more clarification, but either way. They may have been married for three years, but why, how, we don't understand. <laughs> and I don't it. think Drew knows. I feel like I've heard her mention before that she doesn't have any idea about what their marriage status ever was. So yeah. it's probably always going to be a mystery to us. Um, yeah. But it felt like it was worth mentioning. Yep. Just to say, I did look up what the show was. Oh, okay. Um, It's Gunsmoke. Oh, yes. I do remember knowing. I was going to say, I bet it was a Western. I do remember yeah. knowing that. And uh, the character that he played was named Mace Gore, I believe my dad said, and it was a recurring character. Okay. But it is interesting because I I barely recognize. I mean, I do recognize him. And is, I what will was send the you the year? pictures. Like, is it when he's um, like young and handsome or is it when he started looking a little more like driftery? <laughs> a little more driftery. Okay. So I don't know the year. I haven't looked that up. I keep saying I haven't looked that up. I haven't looked that up. Um, which hey, is, we're doing this those out. episode last minute, so. <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway. Okay, interesting. And then Anne reminded me that it would be cool to mention that we actually oh. gave Drew a really special photo when she was pregnant with Frankie. So yep. it was in, I believe 2014. Uh, yeah, that would be right. We had found a photo, I think on eBay. Is that what you remember? That sounds right. I don't recall, but that I don't I don't imagine it was anywhere else. <laughs> there's not a lot of photos of John and Jade together. Um, there's a few, but we found this really beautiful one that was dated on the back September of 1974. So mm -hmm. if that date was accurate, Jade would have been pregnant with Drew at that time. So yeah. we got the original photo. We didn't do a print this time. We actually gave it the real deal. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Anne worked her framing magic again, and we were able to give it to her at the Find It and Everything book signing. Yep. And the other thing that I recall about it, I'm sure we have pictures of the framed picture, yes. but I framed it so that the back was visible. Oh, that's right. So yes. that you could, so I did like a glass front and plexiglass back so that we could show her because we actually were able to hand it to her. And then we said to her, if this date is right, and I remember her like, crying she probably she probably <laughs> cried and put her hand to her chest like I can just imagine her I, like oh I know that um Tony took some pictures for us from the side that's so. right that's right so we have some cool photos of us oh I just got these pictures of Drew's dad that you sent to me yes <laughs> he looks a little scary <laughs> yeah a little bit a little bit <laughs> okay so there we go that's kind of the backstory Jade would rarely speak about John, no matter how much Drew pleaded as a child, which was a lot. So it was not a, not a happy subject. Yeah. And I'm curious, I don't know what that looked like for Drew to be asking about her father. Like, yeah. And what I, information she had, like, did she know that her father was an actor? Like, you know, I, gosh, don't... I bet no. And I think at that time she like when she was really little, she was still definitely idealizing him, right? Like uh -oh. she didn't know For any sure. better. I mean, I think we talked about this before that, yeah. Um, you know, part of the thing that maybe is difficult, although Jade did have some uh, questionable choices, is that Jade was the one that was there. Yeah. And her father was not there. So, you know, <laughs> so Jade got judging, the <laughs> judging the single parent is yeah and actually it even says in little girl lost that she kind of felt like why did you make him leave like what what did Aww. he do you know so i think she kind of as a small child who can't reason about these things like probably yep. blame jade in some way yep so from the time drew was born um jade lived with drew in a small west hollywood duplex the absence <laughs> of drew's father in the home um impacted drew's childhood and adolescence quite a bit Jade had had waitressing jobs in the day and night and had to frequently leave Drew with babysitters, which, you know, like anyone knows, once you your your parent isn't there, you kind of are like seeking out your adult figures and other people. Yeah. And, you know, 
starved for attention too and yeah it sounds like she would constantly be like I don't want you to leave please don't go and Jade's like oh my gosh I don't have a choice like (laughs) you know we have no income other than this and yeah it's hard yep so as an easygoing baby with a natural gift in front of the camera Jade's friends were often suggesting that she try to get Drew into acting as well and Jade was hesitant um, and she's admitted mostly for selfish reasons because she was trying to get her own career going and working all the mm-hmm. time. But mm-hmm. she eventually did take 11 month old Drew on an audition for a Gainsburger puppy food commercial, mm-hmm. as we all know, we didn't even uh-huh. discussed it in the last episode. And yep. the legendary story is that at the audition, the puppy bit little Drew on the nose and instead of crying, she burst into laughter and the part was immediately hers. Mm hmm classic classic, classic. story <laughs> classic it really is. You, you know it's I mean like and she loves to she constantly says my first job was when I was 11 months old in diapers <laughs> like yep yep and it's true really she's not exaggerating <laughs> even though that was such a success Jade was reluctant to get Drew involved in Hollywood until a friend of hers was directing a tv movie called Suddenly Love and wanted Drew to play one of the main character's children and according to Jade, Drew threw herself into the role at two years old, although it was that of a boy. <laughs> yeah, so they and cut her hair. <laughs> it's, pretty funny. it's really cute. I think we have little, I don't think I've actually seen the movie, but I've definitely yeah. seen the clips with Drew. Yeah, um, I've seen, gosh, I don't even know if I've seen clips. I know I've seen screen caps, but. Yeah, maybe, maybe just screen caps. Yeah, it's pretty obscure. But Drew hit her mark. She was focused. She delivered her lines. And Jade said that she seemed to understand somehow at that age, she understood what it was all about. <laughs> so it's like, it's like she had that in natural. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unnatural. And she loved, you know, being part of something. She loved the attention. She loved having a job. It just like suited her very well, even at two. Yep. yep. <laughs> another little warning here that we will be discussing domestic violence again this is a dark story um at age three that's the first memory that drew has of her dad she was doing laundry with her mom they were at home and the door swung open and there was a man standing there and drew just somehow knew it was him you know she like called out daddy and he was drunk and angry he threw jade down and then he threw drew into a wall which is like horrifying luckily she like landed on some of the laundry that kind of broke her fall and then he just like grabbed a bottle of tequila shattered a bunch of glasses and stormed out and that's her first time seeing her dad a monster yeah it's like <laughs> a real nightmare. monster truly i mean it says he was drunk and angry that's no excuse but yeah clearly he was not in the right place like why did he why did he come there i guess he knew he could come get a drink like what who knows i don't think you could even put a lot of like logic and reasoning behind the way he acted horrifying yeah and then around the time that drew was four years old drew was super kind of aware and somehow made this decision that she wanted (laughs) to act like she knew what she wanted to do and she said that she knew it would be hard and she still wanted to do it And Jade said it was like an older person was speaking through her and she just paid total attention. And then she made Drew's career the priority of the family. Yep. So, and I mean, it was a good move. (laughs) And Drew later on said that um, the reason she wanted to act, the reason that she said that was that she loved and also needed to be part of the group. It was like, you know, the couple jobs she'd had, she felt like she was part of a big extended family. And that's, I mean, I feel like that's what she's always been seeking. Yeah. And she, I feel like she has accounted many times about like those, or maybe just, I recall a couple of interviews where she said that it was always heartbreaking to leave yes. a job because it was like, she was having to break up the family again. Maybe this is in Little Girl Lost, actually. I think she said this many times. Okay she became connected to these groups of people. And so makes a lot of sense. I mean, she was looking for her tribe. <laughs> like we were saying, with, like I we were saying with Whippet, she was looking for a family. She was looking for a tribe. And like we've said before, she did later find this in, you know, loyal friendships and other things. But as a young girl, she was seeking out something that felt like a family. Yeah. So she nails her first four commercial auditions. Because... With an apple. 
<laughs> nailed it with an apple. You know, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, exactly. <laughs> and that, like she would just walk into auditions and it was as if a light switch turned on inside of her. You know, she's like, and she's talked about this in more recent years where she was like, felt like she was just a weird little traveling salesman that would come in and be like, <laughs> hi, everybody, <laughs> and had her whole thing. And some of the commercials that we know of, I'm sure there's more. Uh, some of these have only come to light in the recent years. There's the famous Pillsbury cookie dough one, which is so cute, where she like comes in from the rain and her mom. Oh, I was going to say, I don't remember that one. Yeah, oh, it's so cute. I know, it's so cute. Then there's a Northern Paper Towels commercial, which was briefly on YouTube. And unfortunately, I looked and it seems to have disappeared. But, I don't uh, remember this yeah, one. Yeah, I barely do. All I remember is like, I think she has like a little sibling and they spill something and she just goes, get the Northern. <laughs> well, that, that was like their slogan. <laughs> and then there's a Nudson yogurt commercial, which she doesn't even have lines in, but she is wearing like the yarn in her hair, which is so funny Aww. because like that kind of became her thing. A McDonald's one, which was long rumored and only, I feel and like we just was, saw it like last year. Or yeah. Something, like right? just a year ago, it showed up. And then, of course, the Rice Krispies one, which could have been, I can't tell if that's before or after E.T. It's right around the same time. But yeah, that one, that one, I I know the entire commercial by heart. Do you? I was trying to remember it right now so I could <laughs> imitate it. But when you start saying it, I'll probably remember it. <laughs> but zillions of people will be will watching. Be watching. <laughs> and then at the end, they're like crying at the wedding. Hey, guys, what's wrong? <laughs> We always cry at weddings. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is only going to be funny to like 10 people, but. But zillions of people will be watching. <laughs> so cute. So cute. She's playing like a little flower girl and she's nervous about. I do remember the, the I do remember that one the most. And I'm sure yeah. it was probably the first one of her as a kid that we saw. Yeah. Maybe it was on like, like Biorhythm. It was definitely Biorhythm. And I think it was shown on a couple talk show appearances. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I did like go ahead and find. Somebody put together a nice compilation of all those commercials, except for the paper towel one and the Gainsburger one on YouTube. So we'll put a link on the episode page for cool. if anybody's missing on seeing any of this. Awesome. And then Drew did another TV movie called Bogey, and it was a biopic about Humphrey Bogart, and she played Bo- Bogey's daughter. The director, Vincent Sherman, had worked with and known Lionel and John, her grandfather and her um, great uncle and then um, it was the first time she'd ever heard any stories about them and kind of realized like she had a family even though she wasn't feeling that kind of family stuff locally and I love I love how Drew has kind of talked about how she feels connected to her family even though oh yeah like she feels like she talks to them through the tv like when she watches their movies and <laughs> yeah and you remember she used to say that she feels like she speaks to her grandfather through the moon <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yeah she like always has like Turner Classic movies on in her kitchen and like gets excited when they they're on it. Yeah. Which it's just pretty special. I mean, I can't imagine like your gr- like grandparent generation, which it shouldn't be that far removed, but yeah, for her it is like. But her father was how old when she was born? Like forty five. Yeah, at least. And yeah. and her mom was in her thirties. Right, and I think and... her grandfather was pretty old when he had her dad so yeah so there was just like long generations yeah Yeah. drew had never met her half sisters she has two from her dad um blythe and jessica but jessica was at the sort of little ceremony that they did when their dad passed when they Mm -hmm. all went to joshua tree i think to Mm -hmm. spread his ashes and then she passed away a few years later um, oh, the, I don't think I knew that or I didn't recall. Oh, yeah. You would remember. If, it was very rudely talked about in the media because it was like Drew's sister who she never even tried to talk to. It's like, okay, oh, I think it's a little more familiar. complicated than that. <laughs> I think there were some kind of like articles in some stupid magazines, Tabloids, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then so she like had zero relationship or knowledge about them. Um, she does also have a half brother who, of course, is also named John Barrymore. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> Just, you know, not to be confusing. So he's quite a bit older, and he would babysit her during these years occasionally. And, mm-hmm. you know, she thought he was fun and cool. But uh, Jade put a stop to that when it became clear that he was frequently on drugs. 
So, um, and I think there's even a short little story in little girl lost where he like freaks out on her when they're playing a game or something. He was just erratic. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. So then, but you know, poor little Drew, she felt abandoned yet again. Cause like, here's another person who was part of her life. A couple Some of the only I... family she had. Yes. A couple of things I was going to say about John. Which One thing John? was that I, <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> sorry, John, John, or John, um, the, her brother, John or half brother. Um, so one thing I was going to say is that I believe in the photograph that we gave Drew of her parents is John in the background. Yes. And he's yes. pretty young. He's probably like a teen 18 or something. Yeah. And the other thing I was going to say is that at one time, her half brother, John, I was going to just <laughs> say John, but I feel like I need to say half brother, John, um, was on Facebook. And yes. did we communicate with him? Yeah, I think so. Now it's like, easily found knowledge but we were trying to get clear on where the poinsettia place duplex was and i think we like reached out and asked him like is this what you remember being and he confirmed and then um funnily enough i didn't put this anywhere in the notes somehow her neighbor who was a little boy who grew up with her at that time he had Mm -hmm. reached out to us a few years ago on instagram his name's Daniel Faircloth and Drew actually oh. mentioned him kind of recently on something and I let him know that he shared with us a couple really cool pictures of them together as kids. Oh, I've forgotten about this. Yeah. What did she mention him on? I'll have to go back and look, but it was, but she recently. does mention him by name in little girl lost, right? Like the full name, maybe in wildflower actually. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've had these little, I don't remember the, communications with her half-brother being like extensive but no. I do recall that it was sort of strange like wait what and at the <laughs> time we found we found out he so he was also briefly an actor but I don't think in any tv or anything like yeah. he might have been like a theater actor yes and then he, I true. remember we knew he was doing um acting classes like oh, he was yeah. teaching gosh I forgot about all of this so that brother who might have been on drugs at the time when Drew was a kid. Um, Probably. But... I mean, if, if family tradition yes. tells you anything. Yes. <laughs> yes. So then Jade was thinking about pausing Drew's career to have more time for her own when Drew was about five years old. But Drew got her first feature film audition for a small role in the movie in Altered States where she would play William Hurt's daughter. And the director had all the girls in a semicircle and would ask them questions. And Drew was the only one replying and making everyone laugh, which we can totally imagine. We've seen how (laughs) precocious Drew was as a child. There's the little traveling Um, salesman. (laughs) (laughs) And also this tracks, too, that she was always in her place, like always the first one there, always ready to shoot, was so happy to do the work, like she's the same person yeah (laughs) you know it's so it's so cute I mean work has always been like her saving grace her like safe stable thing well I guess it hasn't always been stable as far as her career but (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) we'll get into that in a future episode (laughs) so I mean she's doing really well professionally (laughs) as a five-year-old professionally (laughs) but her home life is still super lonely you know she's with babysitters all the time and she was getting old enough to now become aware that she didn't have the quote unquote normal family situation. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she could look at her like playmates or school preschool mates, or even just like she even has mentioned the Brady Bunch and just been like, okay, I don't have the normal family dynamic. Mm-hmm. So she obsessed over her dad all the time, would beg Jade to let her see him. And oh. finally, Jade just was like, okay, you're going to have to learn for yourself and let Drew go over to his apartment. Mm-hmm. Little Drew, like, <laughs> let's, let's just make this large. She's like five. So she, you know, she said it was like kind of a dump and she tried to make it look nicer. She made like curtains out of paper towels. It's so precious and sweet. Mm-hmm. And he just like was rambling on about God knows what, you know, probably incoherent, not making any sense. But right before she left, he gave her a stuffed bear, which of course, like, melted her heart and meant the world to her. But before you think this is a nice story, <laughs> uh, soon after that, he was allowed to babysit her and he was erratic and mean and violent. So it was really hard for Drew as a five-year-old to understand, like, why is he the way that he is? Yeah. I mean, we mentioned earlier that he was drunk and where 
positive he had done a lot of drugs like yeah you know like like i said this is not a justification but there were some other things that were altering his state of mind for sure his, his altered states his altered states <laughs> but these were, his, these were these were his and these were the altered states Zandun. um uh, so now we're kind of getting close to the part of her life that we're all familiar with so in 1981, Drew auditioned for the role of Carol Ann in Poltergeist, which that movie has like kind of famously, or I should say the movie set and the actors have kind of like famously been like cursed. <laughs> I was going to say cursed, but yeah. I didn't want to say it. But yes, I mean, um, that, so she, the actress who did get the part died at like age 12 or something. So crazy. And there's I all know. kinds of other crazy stuff. Yeah. And um, then anyway, immediately, I'm not sorry not to talk over you, but I'm immediately okay. getting the clip in my head. They interviewed me for Poltergeist, but they said First. I wasn't really like the girl who was in the part. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe she's right for ET. <laughs> so you just said what, what I don't even need to say it. Actually. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> so she lost it on the role of Carol Ann, but then the producer, Steven Spielberg, <laughs> asked her to come back and read for his other project, ET the Extraterrestrial. Yeah, because he um, knew like he needed Drew is more of a like spunky, sassy, not sassy in a bad way, but pr very precocious. You know, yeah. she was more like the part in the ET yep. that he was looking for. So Drew's mom read her the script kind of like as a bedtime story. And Drew absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. And her wild imagination and bubbly personality, again, were exactly what they were looking for in the role of the little sister, Gertie. And when she went in for her audition, she told Steven Spielberg that she was a drummer in a band called the Purple People Eaters. It was pretty clear to him that this girl had the imagination to make E.T. feel real. So cute. I know. I can totally envision it. <laughs> and I I can also like picture Steven Spielberg talking about this. I don't remember which special it's in, but when <laughs> yes. he's like, describing it. So yes, cute. I totally know um, what you're talking about. And also this is kind of another famous story about this whole audition process. Process, thank you. <laughs> um, so she was called back to do another test to show emotions of fear and awe. Um, and she was improvising with the other kids and then they had her scream as loud as she could. And that was kind of like, okay, she's, <laughs> she's got it. <laughs> the legend is that she broke the monitors. I doubt oh, that's, that's right. true. <laughs> I highly right. doubt it, but you know, she that's screamed right. really well because she had to have that moment where she first meets E.T. And it's yep. an awesome screaming moment. It's like the most yep. classic clip of the show of her in that movie. Totally. So obviously Drew got the part. And filming began in September 1981. She still considers it one of the best experiences of her life. Henry Thomas, who played her Elliot, I remember an interview where he talks about Drew coming up to him being like, oh, this is only your first movie. Oh, you poor thing. I've been doing this for years. <laughs> <laughs> you poor thing. <laughs> I'm speaking of Henry Thomas, you've seen the cute test Oh my god, his screen test. It makes you cry. Link to that. It's, it's so, so it's good. So and he starts like we should link to that. You can't take him away. He's my best He's friend. He's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, it's amazing. I wish we had video of Drew's screen test. Can you imagine? It's yeah. probably somewhere, Steven. You know, <laughs> you know, you know Steven Spielberg listens to every I, episode. I actually know somebody who works for Amblin. Wow. That's okay. Tell him to get into the archives. Okay. He works in the archives. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> and you've never taken advantage of this connection. <laughs> we will obviously have an episode on ET, so we don't want to get into that yet. We were kind of just like, let's go all the way up to it. You know, once again, this is the theme on the set and especially from Steven, she found the acceptance that she'd long been aching for. And mm -hmm. really, I mean, more than any time this became like a family to her. Absolutely. Yeah. So quickly, just want to say the main sources for all this information use Little Girl Lost quite a bit. And then our own biography that we wrote several years ago, it's on our website, thedrewzm.com. Mm -hmm. And we've, you know, had chapters about basically every five years of Drew's life that we compiled all the information from 
all the sources that we have access to. Um, yep. So we're missing, basically, I think it ends at 2015. And part of that is because of the loss of our temporary loss of our website. Currently working on the final chapter. We will get it up to date. So just please hang with us and stay tuned for that. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know, take the time to just enjoy the previous chapters. Yeah, I love them. I'm very proud of it. I like the information. I love the photos. It's fun. It's yep. a good read. Anybody who wants to continue on, well, what happened after UT? Well, there you can go read that. <laughs> and you can also, you know, publish our bio if you want. <laughs> with permission. <laughs> With, with our permission and credit and and well i was gonna say and pay us but yeah. anyway but yeah, feel free we're we're i think one of the best resources of drew information you can find out there so the next person who's gonna put a podcast together about her uh give us a ring first <laughs> we could be helpful <laughs> and this also goes to uh, all the people that work for her you know come to us we could help you fact check and get a uh, dates correct and all. yep in fact drew we're here we're here for you this is an open call i'm putting the magic out the next video she posts is going to be her saying she's looking for somebody to archive her life now <laughs> Oh, geez. <laughs> All right. right there. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think we tried to find the humor. Obviously, this is not a happy story. The beginning of Drew's life, lots of difficulties, lots of abuse and uncomfortable situations. But yep. boy, to go from all that we just shared to the person she is today is really something. You can see, I mean, of course, there are, there's a lot more to her story that's very tumultuous Yeah, um, from after this time. But just this alone, like somebody having this as their origin story. Right. Like she is our Marvel superhero. Oh, so cute. <laughs> Cinderella superhero. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We'd really appreciate ratings and reviews and subscriptions wherever you listen to podcasts. And also go to the Drewzium.com or drew.com if you want to see photos and links that relate to this episode. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at HowDoYouDrewPod. Send us listener mail at HowDoYouDrewPod at gmail.com. <laughs> if <laughs> you were one of Drew's neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> on Poinsettia Place. If, if you were one of her neighbors, you know, if you're Daniel Faircloth and you want to send us some more pictures? Yeah. I'll reach out to him. No yeah, shame. Yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> you can if have you get a listener mail. <laughs> you know what? If you wanted to be Drew's neighbor and you just love her and you want to tell us all the things you love about her, send us that too. Tell us all the things you love about our about our podcast. Or Thank all you for the joining us. You don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next Thursday. Bye. Thank you. Bye. How Do You Drew podcast is brought to you by Ashley and Anne from thedrewzium.com. Our theme song is by our dear friend Matt Costa. Thank you for listening and see you next time.